Welcome back to another episode of Good Mood Marketing. I'm Christy McFerrin. I'm Katie DeGudis. I'm Thomas DeMiranda. We're here today to talk about trends. We're here with Allison Mussolini, one of our senior brand account managers. She put together for us a 2022 trend report earlier this year. So we're going to go through that a little bit today and talk about what stuck and what didn't and what's coming. Um, Allison, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what drove you to put this report together? Sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, I'm excited to kind of talk through and discuss more about the trend report. Um, I think, honestly, just from a personal background, this report really came out of my background in fashion merchandising and design. Um, Obviously, in studying that in college, trends is kind of what we live and breathe by from uh, the runway all the way down to what gets sold in stores. And so... I've always been intrigued with trends, how they come about, why they come about, where they come from, who's following them. And so when I, you know, made the transition into marketing and branding, it just followed me to that. And so, um, you know, looking back, there's this thing that I learned in school called the zeitgeist. And I think it's such an incredible thought and idea. It's a little bit overused these days, but, um, you know, this idea of like a defining spirit or something that's globally followed um, and that becomes a trend, I think is such an interesting evolution to watch. And so this trend report that I put together for Catalyst and what started as something internal for our team and then kind of grew um, to be shared externally really digs into just some general trends that were forecasted for 2022 and then looking digger, deeper into um, multifamily trends, senior living trends, student living, and then we looked a little bit into hospitality as well. So it's kind of a general overview. I think we've been able to kind of re- revert back to um, this report and kind of look throughout the year. And like you said, I think this is going to be a good conversation to see where we're at and what's still to come for 2022. Yeah, I think it's really important. One of our gold standards here is strategic marketing. And I think looking at trends, both what's been and what's to come and what's really happening right now, even if it's not directly related to the marketing we're doing, it's a, a great way to infuse fresh ideas that capture an audience's attention. So we're excited to dive into this today. Um, there were some sources that you used to to pull this trend report together. You want to go through those a little bit? Definitely. Yeah, there were uh, quite a few sources that I pulled these trends from um, for our report. And so one of the major ones that I referred to was from the agency Wonderman Thompson. Um, it's called the Future 100 Trend Report, and they put out this report every year. It spans all topics, um, so it's really great from a general perspective. And then being able to kind of translate that for the industries that we focus on was really helpful. Um, I also looked at the 2022 trend report from Trend Hunter. Really, really um, extensive information there as well. And then um, digging deeper into the multifamily side of things, I looked at the CBRE 2022 U.S. Real Estate Market Outlook. Um, and in, in addition, there was a lot of you know desktop research with different articles from various publications. But really, the our trend report is just an accumulation of all those major sources. Yeah, so we're going to kind of walk through some of the categories she put together and pick some of our favorites as they apply to Catalyst and our clients. Um, so, Thomas, you want to give us a little bit on some of the favorites that you saw in the trend report? Yeah, for me, as far as a general trend, um, what I, I really liked was the euphoric ads. I think just personally... Those uh, tend to speak to me more. So if they're like father relationship kind of emotional ads or just looking 
to the past or to the future, I think those are all always speak to me. So two that I kind of have stuck with me, one most recently was um, last last week, I think Roger Federer announced his retirement and he's going to have his last uh, tournament here, I think this weekend. And so Rolex, who's been partnered with Roger for quite a few years, released a um, an ad with him. And it, like just the way that they did it was mm-hmm. amazing. And really the premise was you can't really quantify greatness, I think was what in class, which is what Roger embodied well. And so I really like that ad. I love watches. We already talked about this <laughs> <laughs> before in, in, in this podcast. And so it really spoke to me. I really liked it. And it was super positive. And it just really embodied like who Roger is. And then the other one earlier in the year, and I shared this with all of our team on our uh, Teams channel, uh, was the Airbnb ad where there was a, an elderly couple and there I was, love those ones. They were yeah, so good. right. The and there and there was I think a, a Jay Z Beyonce song. Uh, I think it's me and my girlfriend. I think it's Bonnie and Clyde is the song actually, maybe. But it was just great because of that song over uh, over just pictures and snapshots of this elderly couple looking really great and fashionable in different areas of the Airbnb and like. That juxtaposition of the song and them was just like it was. It was I priceless. think that's the whole background behind like these comfort mm-hmm. commercials or euphoric ads, right? It's like we're coming out of this stressful two-year, three-year mm-hmm. period with the pandemic, and like the whole goal was to just really put a spotlight on joy and authenticity. And like like you're talking, all those ads, they clearly did a really good job with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that also just seeing those pictures, like if you'd seen them in a completely different setting, you wouldn't have had that feeling at all. But the way that they put them with the music worked out so, so well. Yeah, I think Thomas was like, that's me when I'm old. Like, and it, <laughs> and it, He was joking, but I think there's something to it because you, you want to see something that you can envision for yourself that's a positive outlook and that typically is what those ads and those commercials are doing is kind of giving you a vision of a euphoric future there was a similar one of the family in in italy with the hey mambo Mambo (laughs) i don't know the full song but the second i heard it every time i watched it it got stuck in my head I mean, and I was fact, like, I need to go to Italy. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the fact that I think those aired, like you said, early this year, and you mm-hmm. still remember it, like mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think on just another one for me, um, because I deal with it mostly daily, is just the audio experiences. I mean, obviously, we've seen podcasts be a, a huge thing. I listen to podcasts so much, and and audio communication, I think, is really the last ten years just expanded and now ads and everything it's crazy to even see ads on podcasts now and the way that they they go about that and so i think for me that's one of the trends that is definitely i think here to stay and it's just going to be expanding um and it's it's funny because we're like in a video world now but podcasts are still like what dominates right i think it Mm -hmm. overtook radio well, and think about how many podcasts now have a youtube channel where you can just (laughs) literally watch them record their podcast but I know that there's one back to the beach that I listen to that people are asking in every episode, where's the YouTube link to this? And they don't record all of them. So they're probably going to start. That's funny. And it's not even just the podcast, right? Like companies like Apple are coming out with this spatial design for all of their headphones Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's becoming this sort of like 4D, 5D experience with audio alone. So yeah, Yeah, I I listen to audio books that way sometimes because it feels like I'm in a room where somebody's actually reading and it's just an interesting experience because you can turn your Apple like AirPods into that spatial awareness. So like sometimes I'm like in the 
not anymore, but when it was hotter, laying in the pool and like listening to it that way. And it sounds like somebody is like sitting on the deck reading to me and I I float around and it's like, it moves with it. It's kind of cool. Puts me, puts me in a good mood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I remember we, um, back for the NAA conference, we gave away some Ray-Ban stories. Mm -hmm. And so one of the elements of that was that you could listen to audio from your headphones and I think you mentioned being at the pool, mm-hmm. like no one would know that you're listening to an audiobook because you're not sitting there with headphones in, but it's another one of those audio experiences that you're bringing to a different platform. Yeah, I try that too. I like to experiment with ways to listen to books <laughs> while swimming. <laughs> I, I immediately thought those had those uh, sunglasses would be at the bottom of the pool, but yeah, it, I'm works, not, it works. I'm not that wild. So going back to the Federer ad, the one thing that I liked about his retirement announcement, it kind of played off that same euphoric thing where he even made his own, mm-hmm. almost like a reel. And I love the way he talked about the, oh, it like gets me because he talked about yeah. everything through all of his accomplishments and everything he did. It was the people in his career yeah. that made the most of it for him. And when you, it's just every career story, like no matter who they are, all the greats, whatever field or industry they're in, that's, there's, that's what they say as it was the people that made it for them. And the way he captured that in that reel on Instagram was mm-hmm. like so touching and that euphoric ad just kind of, it's not really even an ad, it's just an announcement, but it has that same uh, vibe about it. So it was pretty cool. It was just so sincere. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear it in his voice. It was like breaking. And yeah. It was just like. You could tell that this guy is being honest about yeah. what he's saying, and and when people are honest, like especially in, in things like that, you can you can really tell really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, well, another one of the trends to kind of move on from that one, we will of course put the full trend report in the episode notes, so anyone listening can look through all of them. But one that I really like is Barkitecture. <laughs> Partially love the name. Um, it is kind of this idea of bringing in like your animals' lives to the place that you live, and how are you going to incorporate that? So, um, one of the I definitely am guilty of a pandemic puppy. I have a <laughs> corgi that is about a year and a half old and he it does make a difference there's like i there were days before i had him that i would get on teams in the morning and be like excuse me i haven't spoken out loud yet today (laughs) and now he and i have full conversations (laughs) so i think that it really plays into like people wanting to put more care into their pets lifestyles to make up for like that spatial shortcoming when everyone was stuck at home and kind of looking at how you can incorporate that whether that's like I think on Instagram, I saw people were turning closets under their stairs into like full dens for their dogs and stuff like that. They were, they're the funniest thing. And I'm always thinking Reggie would never go and stay in there, (laughs) but he might. And from a multifamily standpoint, I mean, this is probably one of the top two or three amenities that, Mm -hmm. you know, every development kind of shouts, you know, is Mm -hmm. that they're pet friendly and they have all dog wash, all these different things that tailor just to pets. Because, I mean, in my neighborhood, which is homes, houses, I think like every other neighbor has a dog. We're the only ones that both know in our neighborhood. For sure. And, you know, you're not just seeing like a dog park. Like you're you're saying, these are amenities that are like dog pet spas, right? (laughs) They're really putting some money into these new areas for your pets. And honestly, I wish that the airline industry would follow suit. Mm. This is the biggest thing that I struggle with. I think they probably will. They have to. There's just so much demand from, you know, our 
they're based, they're part of the family. So what are we thinking? A little dog section at the at the end of the plane where there's people watching them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they need a lot more than that little potty room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also in addition to kind of talking through architecture and how that's translating into multifamily, just amenities in general. I think. A lot of um, what we saw during the pandemic and being stuck at home has also translated into like really elevating some of the amenities that you find. And one of which that's also in the trend report is this idea of mail as a major mm-hmm. amenity. Like who would have thought, you know, snail mail is like something that everyone is really excited to kind of reinvent and evolve. And it's surely become, you know, we've seen new designs for like these massive mail rooms where mm-hmm. people can like even just go and hang out and whatever. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of that. And then you're seeing, obviously, all of the, like, smart buildings mm-hmm. starting to come. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been around for a while, yeah. but keyless entry, all those, that kind of technology being inputted into amenities. We can, we can blame Amazon for the, the, <laughs> was, the mail yeah. extravagance. I was about to say, one of Reggie's favorite <laughs> activities is watching for the Amazon. <laughs> so so you knows. got an apartment community. You're like, I just ordered some stuff again. You walk down. You're like, this is an experience. I'm going to open it. You know, we've been Unboxing. to some developments. Yes. yes. <laughs> we've been to some partners of ours that really do high-end mm-hmm. developments and their mail rooms are insane and so you walk there you're like, chandeliers oh, right <laughs> yeah. gold plated or gold like you know and and then they open it and it's a whole experience to open their mailbox because they know they got a new treat coming well and mm-hmm. i mean unboxings really were so <laughs> yeah. popular yeah. for a minute mm-hmm. like when subscription boxes i feel like were a little more common and you saw them all the time people would make a big show of opening their mail <laughs> I mean, I always love getting mail. It's always exciting, True. as long as it's good mail. <laughs> I also I love sending people letters for that reason because it's like, okay, finally, not a bill. And people, it's such a small, easy yeah. thing. I have one in my purse right now to send out today that people really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing because it's it's not it's it's something that's been we've done for a while, but then we've kind of stopped, right? Like mm-hmm. handwritten. I just got mm-hmm. one actually yesterday. I went to a, a wedding. I think I shared this with Allison in New York. Uh, you know two months ago and they sent me a handwritten letter like thanking and being very specific to you know that whole visit and everything so it was really cool to well it's it. a really easy way to show appreciation and to like kind of express a touch of high class you know like i think people's personal like ideas of their own personal brand come into expression in that way mm-hmm. sometimes it's kind of cool Thriving relationships. There you go. (laughs) I think that that also goes perfectly into one of the other trends that I feel like I've seen a ton of, which is just the modular work piece. So with people kind of initially being forced to work from home, but even now as places reopen, I think it said that the Pew Research Center, 59% of employees are still working remotely, even as places are opening. So as companies move more to this hybrid role, having a space that you can work within your space that still separates it makes such a big difference. Definitely. Yeah. And it's really smart too, if you're a company to have that open mindset and at least have hybrid, if not fully remote uh, options for your team, because you can find great talent if you're willing to source it from places other than some of the most expensive places to live. You know, like if you may have some of the best designers or best copywriters living in Kansas and they don't want to move to Austin because they don't want to afford the apartments, but um, they can write just fine from their beautiful view in Kansas and they're going to have to have a place to work. And so this movement of having great 
places to work in your own home is is really important to the economy overall. Yeah. For sure. If and you're not if you're in a city where you're going to be battling traffic otherwise, the amount of work that I can get done in the time that I'd be sitting in my car is <laughs> 100%. If I am sitting in my car, I'm thinking, "Oh man, I could really be finishing that right now." But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely a convenience to have those separated space. For sure, and I think actually the New York Times just reported on something about this that a lot of new luxury buildings in New York are starting to build spaces specifically, like entire floors mm-hmm. of these high-rises for, it's almost like a WeWork within your building and you can get your own little spot. So mm-hmm. you're not, again, you know, I'm sure we've all experienced this too. Working from home is great, but sometimes having a separate space away from your home to actually do your work is also really nice to have. So it's cool mm-hmm. to kind of see developers thinking yeah. about that and making that another amenity. And we see that from a smaller scale with the partners that we have in the multifamily space where they're creating spaces for co-working, mm-hmm. whether they have like one or two or three like actual conference rooms where you can just go in and, and have meetings there or have little, you know, uh, offices like we do here at Catalyst where people can go in, make some telephone calls, do a presentation. I mean, the same partner that we're talking about, the mail piece and um, the pets amenities, they do great kind of modular work spaces in the first floor near the leasing office. And it's like, wow, you don't need to stay in your apartment and you get to separate work from home. For me, that's huge. Like, you know, I don't want to work in the same place that I live most of the time. (laughs) Well, and I I think people will expect it too, as people that Mm -hmm. are students right now move into the multifamily apartment space, they are coming from an area that maybe had a built-in desk or had these kind of already created study rooms and stuff like that. So they expect it. It's an expectation whenever they do go to multifamily that they'll have a similar setup. It's not going to have to be having a whole two-bedroom place just to have a second room as an office. Yeah, I think um, to that point, there's like another really interesting trend that's happening in multifamily. And, you know, when I, especially when I first came to the industry and when I think of multifamily, I, I always just automatically think of high rise buildings, right. Or garden style apartments, but there was always apartments. What we've been seeing a lot of, and we've had a lot of clients coming to us is this new explosion of single family home rentals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that it's a new concept by any means, but it's definitely becoming something that's on the rise. And I think partly due to what you were saying, Christy, mm-hmm. about having the ability to work wherever so you don't have to be in, yeah. you know, confined right downtown. City. Exactly. And and this generation, right, when we talk about the actual, like, average renter, it's probably in the millennial mm-hmm. age group. And we've seen this from s- several sources that millennials are buying less homes than, you know, other generations before. And they so can't afford it. Well, it's one, they can't afford it, but they also want the flexibility even before yes. all of this, you know, That's non-affordability true. conversation happened in the past, you know, 12 months. It was report after report, whether it's BuzzFeed, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, is that millennials want to travel, they want to have flexibility, yep. and they don't want to have, be tied down to a mortgage payment. And so that now, coupled with, you know, interest rates and everything that's going on in demand, you know, single family homes just kind of gives an opportunity um, for them to live in. And if they have pets too, right, exactly. they want a yard, they want mm-hmm. to be able to have more space. And yep. so it just is, creates this perfect storm for single family rentals. Yeah. And there's also a, a large demand for opportunities to invest from the consumer level. You know, you may not be an institutional level investor or a SEC investor, but if you're, you can participate in, in programs like Fundrise or others, this is not an ad for them, but, <laughs> you know, you can, you can jump into those um, because they're creating this um, single family home rental space that 
um, is, is buying up all those houses for rent. But another trend that we were looking at, too, is augmented ads uh, that's in the report. And there was like this rise within augmented ads prior to the pandemic. And then they kind of took a pause in a certain way, um, at least the kind of in-person ads. Um, but I think there's more opportunity coming for those now that the world's kind of opened back up. But there was this one campaign um, that was really interesting. There's a video on Vimeo and we'll put it in the show notes, but it was called the Look Up Campaign. And it, I think the brand Axe is like the fragrance brand is called Lynx in the UK. Um, but they had this like thing going on in the the subway in London where you would stand on this like these marked spots and look up at these video monitors and this this guy with a computer was like controlling like what you would see on the screen and as you stand in this spot he would drop down like an angel onto the spot next to you and there were these ladies that were like, you know, like clad in scantily clad clothes or whatever. But and this so like the men would like try to put their arms around them and, and he would have the angels like a evo- like evade and like just kind of it was like a real flirty looking thing. Oh That's gosh. hilarious. And it was true to the brand's like, you know, sort of edgy vibe of like <laughs> if you wear this fragrance, these angels are going to come all around you. Mm-hmm. And, and so cool. it was really cute. And like so they were interviewing people about how they felt about the experience. And they're like, this is like, I've never had anything like this. And and I think one guy was like, that's as close as a beautiful woman I'll ever get. And, and so they were, it was just like, but it was like a, an actual experience yeah. for a person. And you know you're going to go and tell the people about that. Absolutely. That you see for the rest of the day. Well, and it caught on. And so people, they were like, they had to end the campaign, I think, because they were crowding that subway station so mm-hmm. badly, like they couldn't. It's like, a destination now. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think, you know, they had, that was way back. It was like in 2011 or 12 or something. Wow. But, um, and so it's been around for a long time, but there's more technology now to make even more of that. And now that we can travel again and kind of go more places, I see some of that coming back and mm-hmm. being more accessible to the everyday marketer and to people with more normal budgets um, and and really could be a hot thing in the apartment industry and marketing for that. You could put on some cool events and weave that into ideas with the metaverse and you could really have some interesting events and location-based augmented reality that's at specific either maybe you're doing like a groundbreaking and you don't have uh, the building built yet but you can have like a hologram of the building or the clubhouse and have a whole event take place like where everybody thinks they're in it or I mean there's all kinds of like the sky's really the limit with Mm -hmm. that so I think there's a lot coming in that space and it's really interesting to me to see what could be um, done I love that I didn't included in this trend report because it didn't seem large enough to, but even in the senior living space, they were talking about digital healing and how Mm. for older um, adults that having that connection Mm -hmm. to digital experiences just opens up a whole nother door. And it was a really interesting article to read about, especially from like a memory care perspective. Mm -hmm. So there's, and student, forget it. I mean, it's Gen Z, that's like their life. So yeah, even at a very entry level, like Snapchat and Instagram filters and everything where there's someone else with you all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Another trend that was interesting to me is the biophilic design. So that's like an approach to architecture that, like tries to connect building occupants with nature. Um, and it goes back as far as the hanging gardens of Babylon, which was one of the original <laughs> wonders of the world. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but 
it's the one of the inventors of it, E.O. Wilson, described it as the desire for humans to emulate nature in the structures of everyday life. And I think we're seeing a, an increase um, in demand for it as we get more and more construction and we just have more and more demand for housing and our cities are turning to concrete and it's just becoming um, just like a, a really big deal of the competition between the demand for housing and the, the need for nature. And so there was this piece in the Wall Street Journal um, earlier this year that was highlighting some of the new developments that are coming in this space. Um, and they're really interesting buildings. The, there's one called Eden um, that's being developed in Singapore, uh, or I guess it was completed last year. And it's got cantilevered balconies that are all filled with tropical plants that create shade for the balcony or for the apartment below them. <clears throat> and they're able to like keep their doors open. And the because of the kind of plants they are, it actually helps cool the apartments. Wow. So for most of the year, they don't even need to run the AC. That's so cool. Um, and then there's one called Valley um, that is a, a building in the financial district in Amsterdam. And it's like a conventional looking office building and hotels. Um, but it has like terraced balconies with like uh, like richly richly planted trees and, and different kinds of uh, of um, plants. So, um, and then the article also highlighted um, Milan's Porta Nuova neighborhood. There's one called the Botanica Tower that's supposed to be completed in 2025. And it's covered with 18,000 square feet of plants and trees, including wow. bay laurel and pine trees and like wow. climbing roses. <laughs> and so the cool part about this one is that as the seasons change, the color of the tower changes. That's so wild. Awesome. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that is like a next level um, thought process. And um, he was saying that according to his calculations, they're going to absorb 14 tons of carbon dioxide a year. Wow. So. It's not just even for, I mean, it's mental health, it's physical health for the, for the occupants, but it's also like reducing climate change and, mm -hmm. and really acting in that space too. Um, well, and once again, you're making, your place is now a destination. People mm -hmm. are going to mm -hmm. want to come take pictures there, whether they're sure. going yeah. there or not, they're going to be coming by. Absolutely. I think there's one, the article also mentioned one, I didn't put it in my notes, but there's one that's scheduled for, um, Beverly Hills, like oh, cool. so. There's at least the U.S. is participating in some way. I was just thinking, I'm gonna have to go to Singapore now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not a bad problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> Singapore, wow! The, really and they have the most beautiful F1 race too. So <laughs> just my arm for that one. Yeah, but the um, I think it's interesting too because this trend's not just in architecture; uh, it's also kind of finding its way into events. So, in the sense of the multifamily industry, if you know, I don't think we're seeing a lot of design in the the normal budget space where people are just trying to build buildings for people to live in it would be cool if we did but i think you could also weave this into the events that we're holding um austin fc is holding a gala uh, with their 4atx foundation uh in a couple of days and their whole event is uh called a night in verde and their whole thing is verde because the, the team is green and black mm -hmm. and that's kind of a play on their name as well but the events like just filled with plants and all of the tables at the gala have like major greenery in the middle of it more than you would see at a normal gala. So it's taking that concept into the event space. I just think it's really interesting as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's really cool. One of the things that I saw in the hospitality section that I really, really liked was the embracing leisure part. 
as long as I'm saying that right. We'll, <laughs> we'll have that debate again later. But just kind of the idea that business and leisure travel will create these opportunities where people can can kind of still live their lives while having that. It, it kind of takes in that work from home piece of it, too. It's like you can yeah. work from anywhere and still have this good time while you're there. Um, earlier in the year, Christy Thomas and mm-hmm. uh, Lauren and I, we all went to San Diego for the NAA conference and we were able to spend one of the evenings on a sailboat tour, which was not something I ever would have normally <laughs> thought would be part of like a work trip. And it was such a great time to to both spend time together, but also like kind of have a mental break from the constant meetings and sessions and everything else that was going on that weekend. It was very fun. Yeah. <laughs> very fun. The weather was great. You know. Yeah, I mean, and it, I think it even is true to our culture of like we've talked about in this podcast before of where you spend so much time together at work that you might as well try to be friends, too. And I think we've mostly successfully pulled that off. And so mm-hmm. it's nice to go hang out together and just renew that connection on a friendship level and then, you know, go back to work together the next day because and those conferences are insane. They're full packed and lots of conver- lots of meetings and conversations and speaking and so you kind of need that outlet as well. But I did the same thing, too. I brought my mom with me on one of our uh, earlier conferences in the year. She was just going through some stuff. And so I thought, hey, why don't you just hop on the plane and come with me? And so Thomas was generous enough to let me have a little minute away from the conference beat. And my mom and I went off on a, a dolphin tour. And we actually encountered like this insane pot of hundreds of dolphins. Wow. It was like well worth the money um, and like hit the jackpot. And she was, she's been delighted all year. Like that was like in May and she still talks about it like almost every day. So it was for sure a huge win for the mother daughter bond over time. But, um, and so I think you, you really can't underestimate like the power of this trend and, and what that's doing for people's like ability to even just stay in their roles for a long time, you know? And if they like have partners and maybe they want to extend the trip, I know, you know, there's some trips that we have next year for like conferences and stuff. I even talked to them and said, Hey, do you want to go to this, this thing? And we'll Mm -hmm. spend the weekend. That kind of thing I think has been more prevalent the last three to four years now that there's a lot of work from home and and you can really work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think part of this idea of leisure is allowed, you know, when you have a certain day amount of days for vacation, kind of lets you save those for things that you might need because you're going, like you said, sure, we have work, but then you might be able to see your family in that mm-hmm. time. You don't have to take vacation for you can work remotely. I know I try to save all of my days for another trend that kind of was brought up this year. It was this idea of the year of the goat, um, and goat stands for greatest of all trips. And so I definitely used a lot of my vacation days for trying to have a trip like that. Um, And I know, you know, as everyone came out of the pandemic and really wanting to travel, there was a lot of issues and things that came from that as well. But people did really expand and go to all areas of the world this year. I don't know about you guys. I, I know you had a lot of travel plans this year too. Yeah, I think in general, all of the kind of hospitality trends that we saw in here really tie together well with that, with the year of the goat and kind of still having the post-pandemic hospitality side of things where places may have also set aside, hotels may have set aside places where people can work a little better than they would have previously. It's not kind of your cookie cutter business center that it used to always be. And people can really tie that all in together. I think everyone, most everyone at Catalyst, I think, really loves to travel and being able to kind of 
pull that all together to have one big trip definitely is something I always want to do. So yeah. I'm not joking. I will go to Singapore and I will look at this building if I need to. Oh, we, we don't doubt you. I stayed at, at Canopy in DC recently and there was this room behind the front desk that I forget what they called it. They branded it and named it something, but it was essentially just a room full of comfortable chairs with desks attached for you to go work. Roosevelt room? And no. <laughs> no, no, but it was, it was like intended for a workspace, but it was like a communal place. Like it was open and you know, so you could maybe talk to somebody or just not be alone. And, Cause you can already do that in your room, but people, you know, I guess there was a, there's a need for um, places where you can mingle with people while you work. And I personally don't like to do that. I just, if I'm going to work, I want to just be left alone and work and be done. <laughs> but you I know. think though also like the idea of everyone's on video conferences and do you want like your yeah. bedroom behind you True. for the yep. entirety of yeah. that? So yeah, I'm always depending making... on how much you live up with like room service and stuff like that. True. <laughs> always wondering where Thomas is going to show up with his virtual background. <laughs> always going to be the beach in the background. Uh, envisioning just coastal living. So what do you guys think is coming for 2023? I think more video. I think just more and more video, whether it's new platforms, you know, we're just seeing this trend of just, you know, Snapchat and instant, well, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, now TikTok. Be real. Be real. I didn't even know about that one. (laughs) There you go. You know, I'm out, I'm out of the times, but there's going to be probably more that's going to come next year and there's going to be new ways to advertise, new ways to engage. I think people just want to be connected that way where they can see other people and whichever way, whether it's through advertisement or just engagement with each other in a social context, I think video is going to be big part for a long time. Yeah. I think that kind of in addition to that more shoppable experiences. Mm. So Mm. people with the free time they do have, don't want to spend that going to fight crowds at the mall. They want to be able to have that instant gratification of, I saw this in an ad. I can right now click on it. Or if it's on TV, you can scan a QR code Mm -hmm. and you can get right there to purchase it immediately. I think that that's going to probably take off. Yeah, I agree. And I think on to that point of shoppable experiences and video kind of mixing them together, I'm really interested to see what happens as we continue to move further into the metaverse and, you know, augmented ads, like how the real world and reality meshes with that whole metaverse, uh, reality, I guess, Um, and see where that kind of takes us in the next few years. I think there's going to be, it's really a mashup of that and the virtual world really being limitless as, you know, as much as man's creativity is limited, that's the limit of that. And I think just the, um, the curation of personalized experiences and shopability and all those things, like it, it's really going to be kind of your own experiences on demand, whether they're virtual or real, and really creating a world around yourself that's exactly how you want it. Yeah. I just finished a book called Chrysalis where they put on a headset and they're in a mall and they said, Mm -hmm. imagine getting the best fitting shoe of your life. Or if you wanted Mm -hmm. to like test out golf clubs, they're the perfect fit and they show up to you hours or the next day. And in one way it is like, man, that sounds a little bit creepy to me, but also Mm. fantastic. So (laughs) we'll see. It's always like that, that tension between the minimalist and just like kind of having enough and being at peace with that. And then the consumer culture just driving you forward. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Allison, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing your insights. We really appreciate you putting this report together and, and stimulating this conversation. I'm looking forward to, 
what you do for 2023 and seeing how that drives us forward and, and how we can be more, even more intentional to bring this into our clients world. But I got a question for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> what has you in a good mood today? Oh, good mood. I think I'm looking forward uh, this weekend. I'm heading out to Fredericksburg for a little mm, wine nice. tasting for a friend's birthday. So that has definitely got me in a good mood. I'm looking forward to that. That will be a good time. I would say for me, I uh, took first place in my group football pick'em yesterday. I usually do not end up anywhere high up on that <laughs> list, so pretty proud. On in the the sports vein, I'm I'm just excited that football is back. But you know, this week's an international break for soccer, and so World Cup's around the corner. And oh, I've been waiting, can't wait. and it I've is. been waiting, and I am just so ex- I'm already looking at Brazil jerseys to shop for. My brother <laughs> got. His girlfriend got him like a eBay 1998 Brazil jersey. I was like super jealous. Oh. I'm like, I got to step up my game. It's, it's in November <laughs> and I can't wait. The games are going to be like in the middle of the day though. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to screencast it up here. And make <laughs> Leisure. It work. That yeah. That's our, our every World Cup. We got it on the wall up here. I guess what has me in a good mood, we went out sailing this weekend, but we weren't actually sailing. I was on the signal boat and I got to learn how they conduct a sailboat race and oh, like cool. got to take times down and uh, listen to you know like the horn blow and watch them like aggressively get across the start line and get called back and so it was really interesting to see how they may manage the races and and get caught up in the middle of that it's confusing and and a lot of details but uh, got a lot of respect for the people that do that so that was fun i'm still kind of glowing from that experience but i guess that's it for today y'all thanks allison thanks guys Bye, y'all. cheers cheers everybody Thank you.